What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Lakers Outsiders podcast slash stream. I need to come up with a name. Uh, streamcast, something like that? I don't know. Uh, yeah, we'll, have, okay. we'll have to figure it out because I, I feel like podcast slash stream just it's not official enough. But I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm Gary Kester. We're here with you as always. Uh, hosting as always and joined as always. By my, my very handsome, my very uh, polite, uh, generous friend, uh, Hani Amadi. <laughs> Hani, how's it going, man? Uh, a whole lot better now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what was up with that. Uh, yes, that's right. I am very handsome, polite, and generous, I guess. That's all I could think of off the spot. I mean, you know, we're, we're, still, we're still college rivals, so I couldn't be like too you know too too giving in my my praise for you but hey i did what i could and it's friday at the time that we're recording this so you know we're probably both in uh, a better mood than than normal even though we did i think we i think we both of us almost fell asleep before we recorded this because we uh, simultaneously agreed that we were in in a food coma so i'm glad we stayed awake for this though yeah me too uh this this podcast uh, might have gone off the rails if I did succeed in putting my headphones into the memory card reader on my laptop as I actually tried to do before we started this. Um, it's been a long week, so I'm I'm really happy to be uh, doing this and hopefully not falling asleep on it. Give it give it five minutes. We'll find another way for this thing to go off the rails. So it's <laughs> <laughs> what we do, baby. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> There's guaranteed Kelly Oubre talk on this podcast, so you know it's going off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Hani loves him some Kelly Oubre. That is for damn sure. Uh, he also loves him some Wesley Matthews. And we'll get to talking about one of Wesley Matthews' old teams uh, in this podcast. We're going to be talking about the Lakers' bounce-back win over the Milwaukee Bucks. And we're going to be looking ahead to Saturday's matchup against the Chicago Bulls, the second and final matchup for the Lakers against the young and energetic, uh, fast Chicago Bulls. Um, it'll be an interesting matchup, but we'll get to that later. Um, we're also going to play round two of which opposing role player will go off against the Lakers. We did not do it for the Milwaukee game. It turns out we didn't need to because none of the role players really went off. Um, so th- that was good. That kind of helped the Lakers. And it, it's, it was a nice change of pace because role players love playing the Lakers. So, Well, I, w- I wouldn't say that none of the role players went off. I think Giannis had like almost 30 points yeah but he had a bunch uh, of turnovers so it doesn't count i mean <laughs> to be fair Giannis was the fourth best player on the court but besides lebron james anthony davis and contavious caldwell pope so <laughs> all right that's that's disrespectful to drew holiday i think <laughs> uh true and alex caruso but um all right before we get to the milwaukee game we need to rewind a little bit Back to the Golden State Warriors game. Two things on this. One, I want to apologize. I think Hani and I probably both need to apologize. Our confidence level going into that game was probably way too high, and it jinxed the Lakers. We put some bad voodoo, bad energy on them. Although we did say, to be fair, that if the Lakers cared, they would win the game. And it was obvious that they did not care. Yeah, clearly, just like every other loss this season, the <laughs> only reason that it happened was because they didn't care. We're still uh, 100% correct, and like we mentioned, 
we were uh, both correct on which role players we're going to go off against the Lakers. That is the second thing. Uh, for those of you that are in the chat, uh, if you watch this on YouTube, which, by the way, forgot to plug this, but we're doing these live, as always, uh, on YouTube and uh, Facebook and Twitch, twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders. So if you ever want to watch us live, you want to come see uh, Hani's beautiful face and then my face, uh, <laughs> You can watch us live on those three platforms. And of course, these will be up on any podcast platform uh, that you can listen to after the fact, whether it's Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And we're now up on Pandora. So if you listen to your podcast on Pandora or you want to take a break from listening to your music, just search, uh, La- I believe you can just search Lakers and we pop up, but search Lakers Outsiders on Pandora and we'll be up there as well. So even more resources for you to listen to, to Hani's beautiful beautiful voice and then me just kind of hop on his back and, and tag along so <laughs> i'm so uncomfortable with all this <laughs> my plan is working i'm trying to make honey so uncomfortable that he demands a trade <laughs> oh man yeah i'm demanding a trade to silver screen and roll <laughs> oh i thought you were just gonna go to nets outsiders but hey um <laughs> All right, so back to this Warriors game. Now that I've got that, that plugged out of the way, I told you, give it five minutes, we'll be off the rails. But um, <laughs> we need everybody in the chat or the comments or whatever to decide the winner of this first round of I need a, I need like an official name for this segment. But which opposing yeah, role player will kill the Lakers? And we had two very good picks. This is and the reason why we're asking. People, because this was actually very, very close. Hani in the Golden State game said Kelly Oubre would crush the Lakers, would be that guy. To be fair, there was probably about a handful of them in that game. <laughs> but I said Eric Pascal would be the guy. And they both went off. So we both kind of win, but we need you guys in the chat or comments or if you're leaving a review. Wherever. We need you guys to decide this because I'm going to read their stat lines. Kelly Oubre had 23 points on 9 of 18 shooting. He was 2 of 8 from the three-point line. He was a plus 5 with 4 rebounds, 2 steals, and 2 blocks in 37 minutes. I'm going to throw that out there. Totally unbiased to my player who played 19 minutes, half the minutes, had 19 points, 8 of 11 shooting. This is not fair. (laughs) He was 0 of 1 from the three-point line, and he was only plus 1. Um, so you can't trust plus or minus in this instance because it does not support my argument. Four rebounds, three assists. He had one steal. He had zero turnovers, which I guess Kelly Oubre had zero turnovers too, but that doesn't count. Uh, he had one personal foul, and Kelly Oubre had two personal fouls. So that does count. So... You- you forgot to read one column on the box score. Uh, under beautiful eyes, it says Kelly Oubre 2 and Eric Pascal 0. Okay, that is fair. That is fair. Okay, so I told you, this is closer than people think. So you got 23 points in 37 minutes on 9 of 18 shooting and 4 rebounds. And you have 19 points on 8 of 11 shooting, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 19 minutes. And 2 less beautiful eyes. So... <laughs> I'm going to need to, throughout this episode, I need you guys to, to comment in the chat or whatever. You got to pick a winner because we can't both win. 
we're both right, but we can't both win. So let me know in the chat. And we also apologize for that game. We obviously jinxed the Lakers by being overly confident and trusting them to care about playing basketball, apparently, on that given night. But it happens, I guess. So Lakers are still undefeated, though, when they care about the games that they're playing. <laughs> and it's going to stay that way for the rest of the season. If they get beat in the playoffs, they obviously just didn't care enough. So let's move on to a game that they did care about, apparently. And they won. 113 to 106 over the Milwaukee Bucks. Kind of a slow first half for the team. Uh, really started to pick it up uh, kind of late in the second quarter. Went on a nice little run, carried it into the second half. And it was a little back and forth uh, kind of at the end there. The Lakers hit some clutch threes. Alex Crusoe had a big three. KCP was fantastic. LeBron had a big dagger three and a pretty sweet uh, dagger dunk as well. Uh, Hani. Those two games just kind of exemplify like what this team is, right? Like when they don't care, clearly they could probably lose to just about anybody. And not saying that Golden State's like a bad team or anything. I think that they're a decent team. And they've got obviously one of the best players in the league. But then, you know, the Lakers, the effort just sucked in that game, flat out. Yeah. yeah. Kind of got, to, got out to a big lead and just coasted. Lost the game. But we see them against the the Bucks, kind of take it a little more seriously and stay undefeated on the road, and and get a big win over you know a team that is considered one of the favorites out east. Yeah, and I think this was a game that showed um, the the Lakers even when they don't necessarily play at their best because I don't think that they played at their best against the Bucks by any means. Um, they're still arguably the best team in the league because they have that much talent. So when they put in enough effort, uh, it really masks a lot of whatever issues they might be having on that night. So, you know, last night against the Bucks, it was Anthony Davis didn't have his best day, I don't think, especially offensively. He wasn't super efficient defensively early on. I thought he wasn't great. Um, there was one play where he got <laughs> beat down the floor by Brooke Lopez, and I was like, oh, this is going to be a loss because of that one play. Um, and there were, you know, a, a few other issues, like Dennis Schroeder wasn't uh, at his best or whatever. Um, the focus level, I think, is still not exactly at the peak that the Lakers reached last season. But uh, like you said, it, it was very obvious early on that they cared about this game. Um, and I think that's why, why it led to a pretty intense and, and like you said, back and forth game. It, it, neither team really separated from the other one at any point um, until basically at the very end of the game. Um, but yeah, it's like the, this team is so good. And uh the, the two superstars that they have, sometimes they don't even need both of them to have huge nights. Last night it was LeBron having uh, a huge bounce back game after having a really poor game against the Warriors, I thought, and being one of uh, one of the major reasons, I thought, late in the game that, that they uh, blew their lead against the Warriors. But he bounced back, had a uh, massive game, hit six threes, and then they got you know the contributions that they got from the other guys on a routine basis. Like you said, KCP was amazing. He had... Seven of ten threes. Um, Caruso didn't necessarily score a lot, but I thought his defense was great. He had three steals, I think. Um, Montrez Harrell just doing a little bit, of, little bit of the dirty work and, and uh, picking up, you know, loose balls and, and rebounds at the rim and, and finishing them. You know, they just get enough contributions from the other guys, and then the defense really picked up after that first quarter um, to to really uh, harass the Bucks and especially Giannis in general. Um, talked a little bit about. You know, he got his points and he got them fairly efficiently. 
but he also had, I believe, nine turnovers, so only three assists. And the Bucks in general just had a lot of trouble getting uh, good looks without, you know, ISOing on a big or something like that. I think Drew Holiday probably had some of the, uh, their best offensive stretches, which was just him dribbling uh, and, and and pulling up into jumpers against our bigs. Um, so I think, yeah, it, it was a, a really good reminder of how good this team can be when they do put in that effort and their focus level gets up. And, you know, they might not always play at their very, very best, uh, regardless of that, but they can get enough contributions from people that sometimes it doesn't matter against a really good team. Yeah, it it just goes to show that their third best player on any given night could be any collection of guys, really. It could be yeah. guy, by committee. It could just be a different guy almost every night. You know, sometimes it's going to be Dennis Schroeder. Sometimes it's going to be Montrez Harrell. Sometimes it's going to be Contavious Caldwell-Pope. And obviously KCP was the guy uh, and I mean, you could argue he was their second best player in this game. But you know you're going <clears> to <throat> always get production out of AD. You're going to get production out of LeBron, even though they're, they're going to have those games, like you said, LeBron against Golden State. You know, they're going to have those games where they're not exactly at their, their peak, right? So KCP, though, man, this guy, it's, it's still just so amazing to me to think back to – the start of last season and how much he struggled. And now it's just his, his shooting this year, like his, I'm going to read his, his shooting percentages this year. I don't know his true shooting percentage off the top of my head. I don't have it in front of me, but I have his basic kind of shooting percentages this year. He is shooting 54.8% overall from the field. That alone as a two guard is ridiculous. His three point percentage on 4.3 attempts per game. So not like crazy high volume, but consider, you know, pretty noteworthy volume. 56.9%. Clay Thompson nice. is jealous of <laughs> No, that is not nice. <laughs> Clay Thompson, I think is jealous of that 3.0%. Like and he's also shooting 93% from the free throw line. So basically, the moral of the story is let K, uh, KCP shoot roughly like 69 times a game. Yes. Once again, <laughs> I, I'm all for it. Um, this is, uh, again, where all of our bits on this podcast just come off the, uh, off the line. We never plan any of these. There was a good stat going around. I'm going to see, we won't spend too much time on it, but a little bit of trivia. KCP is eighth all time in made threes for the Lakers. In, in franchise history, which is hilarious in its own right. Uh, I just want to see how many of the top seven you can name in like a minute without wasting too much time. Uh, Kobe. Number one. Uh, oh boy, this is brutal. <laughs> Robert Ory, maybe? Uh, no, not Ory. No? Michael Cooper? Michael Cooper is who KCP just passed, so he's not. Oh, damn. Holy crap! This is uh, this is brutal. I'm trying to think here. I mean, Jody Meeks had like 900 threes in that game against Oklahoma City, so he's got to be up there. No, but one player from that era is, and it's really funny. Please don't tell me it's not Nick Young. It is Nick Young. He's seventh. He's first of all, KCP. All right, KCP's got to pass him. I, I, I can't. We can't stand for that. 
man. Uh, Derek Fisher? He's number two. Okay. So that's what? Three out of yeah, seven? Yeah, three. Holy crap. Yeah. There's four more. Yeah. I'm trying to think. They're all, they're all recognizable good players. Russell. Well, we know it's not Shaq. <laughs> uh, three point shots. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm thinking of like some wing guys. I was thinking like, but I don't see any picture of any of them off the top of my head is like high volume. Like I'm thinking like Rick Fox. Rick uh, Fox is is number six. Oh, okay, okay. Um, man. one of them, I hated three pointers. <laughs> hated, hated three pointers. <laughs> but is one of the best three pointers in Lakers history. Three point shooters in Lakers history. I'm drawing a blank. He also has a connection to Nick Young, in a way. Is it Pau Gasol? Uh, <laughs> also has a connection to Nick Young. God, Pau Gasol was a terrible guess. I just got, I just think of that clip of him doing the like the swaggy P celebration. I don't know. You're gonna have to hit me up with the rest. He has okay. One more hint, just for the jokes. He also has a connection to Rick Fox's last name. It's uh, it's Byron Scott in the foxhole. Oh, uh, he's number four. Nick Van Exel is number three, and uh, Eddie Jones is number five. Yeah, I should have thought of those two. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Oh, that's 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 wild, man. Lakers have uh, not had a ton of. Uh, well, it's like that. What's that that joke that everybody says? Like you you put on a Laker jersey, and all of a sudden your three point percentage drops by like five percent. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Kobe has like almost a thousand more than Derek Fisher and Derek Fisher is second. Um, also my favorite thing about this list is the last thing on this, uh, Ron Artest, Metal World Peace is number 10 all time with 420. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> crazy. So crazy. Hey, shout out to KCP, man. Lakers Twitter bullied him into becoming like the best three point <laughs> shooter in NBA history. That's pretty wild. <laughs> I love really it, man. He's, he's been just phenomenal, man. Ever ever since that slow start to last year, he's just – I mean, he's got to be – I don't know if they're even going to do it this year with, you know, the, the pandemic and everything, but he's got to be in the three-point contest this year, right? Yeah, I don't know what the plan is because I know they're not supposed to be doing an all-star game, but I feel like they could do a three-point contest. Do it over Zoom. Yeah, they did fucking horse. <laughs> <laughs> We can do a three-point contest. Yeah. And also put Alex Crusoe in there. We didn't talk about this. Alex Crusoe, much lower volume, uh, is shooting 57%, 57.1%. He's shooting better than KCP, technically, percentage-wise. That's, that's the league's worst nightmare, is Alex Caruso <laughs> becoming a sharp shooter. <laughs> it's nuts. I, it, like, it's to the point where I think he's automatic uh, from the corners. Like Every time he shoots from the corner, I'm like, yeah, that's going in. I did not feel that way about Alex Caruso before this year. Yeah, I mean, in the playoffs last year, it was like, like, come on, come on, you can do it. And now it's like yeah. money. That's good. And like him and KCP yeah. both. I mean, more so KCP because he just does it at a higher volume. But yeah, and, and and that was like one of the things that I was mildly concerned about was the three point shooting with this team. Is like, ah, they got a lot of guys that can hit them, but maybe you know are going to have stretches where they don't. 
hey, if you got a couple guys that consistently hit him at a high rate like that, that's going to just work wonders. And especially, like, LeBron has been unreal yeah. from the three-point line this year. And, yeah, yeah the three-point shooting hasn't been an issue at all. So if they're, they're able to shoot like this, like going into the playoffs and everything, when they're, you know, locking it down defensively and, and just executing better offensively and, and just putting more effort out there, I don't know how you stop this team because offensively they have so much talent, and if they're hitting from the perimeter – Good luck. Yeah. I also think um, KCP in particular uh, having the night that he had was really cool because it it kind of exemplified this uh, thing that the Lakers have done really since the bubble last year where they are really, really good at adjusting on uh, things that they mess up. Obviously, they've had this mantra of we don't want to lose two games in a row since last year. And I think last year they might have only done it during that one losing streak where they lost like four in a row, although they probably did lose uh in the bubble uh twice in a row before the playoffs started um but uh there was a moment against the warriors later in the fourth quarter when the lakers were blowing that lead where uh lebron threw just a wicked pass to kcp in the corner kcp pump fakes and then passes it off instead of taking the three and they end up i think having a 24 second violation or a travel or something like that and you can tell lebron is just pissed and he's screaming at kcp to just shoot the ball because dude, you're shooting 57% from three. You should shoot the ball if you have any amount of space. And then they come out against the Bucks, and KCP's <laughs> throwing up 10 threes in a game. That's Honestly, that's where he should be at. Obviously, you don't want him to force shots uh, if they're not there, but he is that good of a shooter that he should be taking seven, eight, 10 threes a game, and that's great offense for the Lakers. Like If they can generate those looks for KCP, that's – really really good looks really really good offense and the bucks are a team that since last year have given up a lot of threes that's kind of how their scheme works so that's like a perfect matchup for a guy like kcp because he's just looking at empty space all around him and he's drilling everything so um i did love that little aspect of look it's like a little bit of an adjustment in in the couple days that they had off of kcp now showing that confidence again that he's really been showing all year like yeah i'm open i'm gonna take this three Right, and it's somebody's going to get those shots on the Lakers. They just they have too much talent, they have too much scoring, they have too much playmaking for those shots not to be there. It's just a matter of who they're going to be for. Some some nights it's going to be Wesley Matthews, it might be Alex Crusoe, KCP. Those shots are going to be there. Guys just got to knock them down, and KCP is just at a point, and Crusoe too, <clears throat> probably just to a lesser extent because, like we said, the volume, but. If we're getting KCP 10 wide open threes a game, I'm extremely confident he's going to hit at least four of them. And that goes a long way because when you look at the box score of this game, like if you told me going in that Milwaukee is going to shoot 50.6% overall from the field and they're only going to have one less shot attempt than the Lakers, I would have said, eh, that that could be tough to overcome. But the Lakers were 19 of 37 from the three-point line while the Bucks were 9 of 28. And that, I mean, the, the three-point shot, man, that's that's just the thing. I feel like the, every time the Lakers play the Clippers, it always comes down to three-point shooting. You know, can the, can yeah. the Lakers force – we saw it in the first game. I think we saw it in games against the Clippers last year where the Lakers uh, – the Clippers will go on runs when they're able to hit a lot of threes, right? They've got guys like Kawhi, mm -hmm. Paul George especially loves, you know, regular season games and can go on stretches where he hits a lot of threes. And, you know, they got another guy that loves regular season games, Lou Williams, who does kind of the same thing. 
And so, like, in those games, usually when the Clippers go on runs, it's because they hit a lot of threes. And then when they stop hitting those threes, that's when the Lakers will go on runs of their own. And we saw that in the first game as well. Clippers come out on fire. They kind of cool off a little bit in the second quarter, and the Lakers come storming back. So uh, the three-point defense and the three-point shooting goes a long way for not only just the Lakers but teams in general because that's the direction that the league has gone. You know, And even though the yeah. Lakers have beaten teams the last couple of years with a lot of size and strength in the middle – both, I think, offensively and defensively, um, and in different ways. Obviously, last year with Dwight and JaVale, the attack was different than this year with AD and, and Mark Gasol and Markeith and uh, Montrez Harrell and all those guys. Um, but the Lakers can still shred you from the perimeter, and I think that's just so much – that gives so much value to the offense, especially when you have guys like LeBron and AD that teams basically have to pick their poison at this point, right, where it's, all right, we're going to try and clog the paint because in the playoffs, we saw it from basically every team they played where teams yeah. were getting away with a lot of illegal defense because they're just packing yeah. the paint and saying, we're going to make the Lakers beat us from, from the perimeter. So if you're taking away LeBron and AD, now you're, you're leaving guys like KCP wide open. And so you either have to pick, you want KCP, you know, making it rain bread from the heavens above or, do you want to let LeBron and AD have a lot of space to operate and do their thing? Yeah, it's uh, we talked a lot last year, especially in the playoffs, of wow, the Lakers can beat you in a lot of different ways. They just added a new one. Now they're they're winning the three point uh, battle games too. It never really felt like they had too many of these games last year where they were just outscoring opponents from three by whatever that was like thirty points uh, against the Bucks. Uh, they got smoked in the paint last night against the Bucks. They gave up like 50 points in the paint, especially early on. They were they were just could not stop them uh, in the paint, but it didn't matter. And last year it was like, all right, we need to dominate in the paint because we're not getting uh, we're not going to be able to make as many threes as the opponent usually. And that was sort of the concern that a lot of people, including myself, had when uh, they got matched up against the Rockets. We were like, well, the Rockets just take a crap ton of threes, and if they get hot then it's it's a problem for the Lakers because they don't have that sort of shooting. Um, obviously, that didn't really ever happen. The, the Rockets had a few stretches where they got hot, but in general, the Lakers were able to, to battle that out because the Rockets are an unserious franchise. Um, but this year now, it's like, all right, we can still beat you uh, in the paint because we got LeBron James, who cannot be stopped going to the rim, basically. We got Anthony Davis, who can either post up, play pick and rolls, or just play garbage man and pick up all the uh, offensive rebounds and we got mantras Harold doing that plus you know a guy like shooter who can who can attack the rim uh and, and beat guys off the dribble or we can hit you with three pointers or we can get you on fast breaks because our defense is that good that we're going to force a lot of turnovers they got a lot of different ways to win games right now um and if they can maintain this sort of uh consistent consistency because it's not just kcp and caruso that are knocking down threes it's like you said, LeBron has been great. Kyle Kuzma has been shooting the lights out. Um, and then there's guys that have struggled that you would expect to be better and who can get better, like Markeith Morris, Wesley Matthews, um, Marcus All Those guys, I don't think their shooting percentages have been very good. Dennis Shooter as well. Uh, their shooting percentages haven't been very good, and you would expect them to be at least a little bit better than they are, even if you might expect KCP and Caruso's numbers to drop a little bit. That that gives me a lot of hope that this three-point shooting is going to be sort of a steady thing that 
uh, they're going to be able to rely on all year. It's like Rob Polinka watched the playoffs and said, all right, I'm putting an end to this team's like putting five guys in the paint and just waiting for LeBron and AD yeah. to try and attack. He put an end to that quick. Like you, you're not going to be able to guard the Lakers like that this year. And quite frankly, I don't know how you guard the Lakers without just being individually talented in a number of different spots from a defensive standpoint. You know, having, a, I mean, the Clippers to me right now on paper pose the biggest threat because they have really good defenders with you know yeah. guys like Kawhi and Paul George that are just elite defensive players and can you know cause problems in their one-on-one matchups but man I, I know the Nets are extremely talented and I think the Nets still have some moves to make um, I'm, I'm really curious to see how that game plays out here in a few weeks when the when those two teams finally meet but I don't know man I just don't know how you defend this Lakers team when they're fully engaged and they care about just playing good basketball and they play at a high intensity like we're going to see in the playoffs I it's 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 a coach's nightmare I think to to game plan and to scheme defensively against this group because they're just they're so talented but they can beat you in so many ways they can get inside the paint going towards the basket they can shoot the three they've got some guys that can be you know good mid-range scorers as well and kind of our, our three level scorers so yeah it's it's amazing, man. This this team is so talented and can beat you in just a multitude of ways. Yeah, and a big, huge part of it is how their stars are evolving, too. Like, you know, the the game plan against LeBron, I guess his entire career has been to, like, lay off of him. Um, and that's what the Bucks were doing. They were going under every screen, and LeBron is just pulling up from three easy, and he's super confident in that shot right now, as he should be. Um, and when it's going, then it's unstoppable because now then you play up against him and he's taking you off the dribble and he's exploding at the rim uh, or kicking out to other shooters. And then the game plan on AD forever has been to just double team him because he's not comfortable passing the ball, but he's getting so much better at that. And, you know, that started in the bubble last year. He got really pretty uh, damn good at it in the playoffs. And it seems like he's continued to get even better uh, to start this year for the most part, even if even though I think all of us and he, he himself would agree that he hasn't been at his best to start this year, mm-hmm. um, especially consistently so. But you can see those little aspects of his game where he's getting double team and he's spinning away from it and finding the open guy in the corner. And the way the Lakers are shooting right now, man, like that's unstoppable. It, it's making it really hard to, to double team Anthony Davis. If he can find those guys, then what are you going to do? You're either... Uh, you either have the choice of letting him go one-on-one against you where he has a good chance of scoring over the top of you and or drawing a foul, or you double-team him and he's uh, passing it out to KCP and Caruso and Kyle Kuzma who are just shooting lights out right now and and they're going to get three points on you. Um, It's a really, really tough uh, dilemma for basically every team. Yeah, and with AD's playmaking, there were two plays that really stood out in – the the Milwaukee game and one was much more of a simple play than the other one was but he had one where he very easily could have taken a kind of a three from the wing but he had KCP standing alone right next to him in the corner you know makes that extra pass I I know it's it's something that's very simple but for a guy like AD who has you know struggled with his his vision and his playmaking his passing all that stuff in years past I mean just something little like that shows a little bit of growth as well you know and the awareness, right? Like, hey, this guy's our best three-point shooter. Instead of me taking this, even though I'm the superstar, 
I'm going to dish it over to, to him, and then, you know, KCP knocks it down. But then the Caruso three near the end of the game that was really big that put yeah. the Lakers up seven, AD draws the double team, and that was a really good read. Like, that's it wasn't just a basic read, like, he's one pass away, here you go, simple pass. Like, that was a – had to scan the floor, found the open guy in the corner who was a couple passes away, delivered the ball on target, Alex Caruso knocks it down, and, and really – I think that was the – the three that gave them enough points to win the game. I think I put them up 108, 101, and Milwaukee finished with 106. But, um, that, yeah, that, that play was a dagger. And I think Milwaukee would have said, hey, we're going to have to live with that because in years past that's not been a strength of his game is, is playmaking. We got the ball out of his hands and made somebody else beat us. And, you know, if, if guys continue to make shots, I, I think it makes it a lot easier for a guy like Anthony Davis to be a more willing passer and, and trust your teammates because you, you have confidence that they're going to make those shots. So, uh, this is, I think, uh, I think Caruso has gotten really good at the relocate, uh, on those possessions too, especially when AD has the ball. I've noticed that a couple of times this year where, you know, AD gets double teams and he's spinning away from it. And, and AC knows like exactly the timing and the positioning of, of moving to get himself an angle where AD can pass him that ball and, and he can get an open look. That's uh, an underrated part of what's been working for both those guys right now. Right. That, that, that synergy is is getting better and better from uh, for a lot of duos really on this team. And even those guys yeah. that, that played on the team last year and this is their second year together or whatever, the, the synergy is just getting better and better. And, man, I, I'm just so excited. I know we have several months to get through, but – I'm just so excited to see this team basically get into playoff mode and, and play basketball at a high intensity level because just from a consistent standpoint, because they're just so freaking good when they want to be and they care. They're, they're just so, so good. (laughs) And it's just like, there's times I just put my feet up and just like sit back and just enjoy the show. You know, it's just, it's beautiful to watch. It's good times as a, as a Laker fan. So uh, they're going to have those frustrating losses where, you know, the, the effort sucks like we saw against Golden State. But, man, they're going to have games where we just sit back and realize how damn good this team is. So like we said at the start of this thing, the last two games are kind of a perfect example of what this team is when they don't care and there's going to be games like it. You see the result. When they're engaged, they they come out and show that they, I mean, in in our eyes and probably a lot of people's eyes, they are the best team in the league. Yeah. And yeah, you know, hopefully, uh, team just continues to to improve, get better. Obviously, the chemistry is really good between coaches and players too. I don't know if you guys saw the clip of Anthony Davis complimenting Frank Vogel on his looks today. Where Lakers Twitter. Just Lakers, the Lakers community, we are hyping each other up right now. This is a time, hype, you know, I hyped up Hani's looks probably a few times on this podcast. I'm expecting a check in the mail, but Anthony Davis did it to Frank Vogel. So, I mean, it's just, we're, we're in the giving spirit right now. Yeah. Uh, look, the vibes right now, the vibes are good. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> in, in Lakers, uh, in the Lakers organization and in Lakers fandom, the vibes are, are just, uh, you know, just incredible right now. That's mm. all I can say. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. So that's it for the Milwaukee game. Great win for the Lakers. 
I guess one last thing I want to say about that game is remember when the Lakers lost at Milwaukee last year and NBA Twitter had a field day with it? Yeah. <laughs> keep that same <laughs> keep that same energy. That's all I'm saying. Lakers go to Milwaukee. I know there's no fans or whatever, but I'm just hey, keep that same energy. So while, right. while we're on this certain person on NBA Twitter, uh very much proclaimed and then deleted that uh, they thought Anthony Davis would get played off the court against the Houston Rockets in the playoffs. Did that, right, did that ever happen? Continue. Uh, as far as I remember, it, uh, not not quite. Not not really. I'm trying to think. What happened after that series? Did the Rockets go into a full rebuild mode because the Lakers broke them and made their star player want to go play basketball in a completely different city? And did the Lakers also win the championship behind Anthony Davis and his contributions and he's still like on a five-year deal with the Lakers look that's all fair that's all good and fair but you're forgetting about the part where the Rockets got an extra win because they forced the Lakers to go <clears throat> small to beat them that actually counted as an extra win in the in the NBA official NBA record never forget it went from the Lakers won't win this series and <laughs> transition to well they're only winning because reason x so they're, hey. they're only winning because they play our style better than we do. <laughs> hey, the Rockets didn't play Anthony Davis off the floor, but they played him into a five-year max deal with the Lakers. So congrats to you, Houston. Enjoy your rebuild. Enjoy those mock drafts. Um, all right. Chicago Bulls are up next for the Lakers. It'll be the second and final matchup for the Bulls. Um the first game was a little surprising. It kind of, <laughs> I guess, it's another example of the Lakers when you know they don't play at 100% intensity. They can lose to pretty much anybody, which uh, they did not. They did not lose to the Bulls. It was a close game. They almost did. 117 to 115 a couple weeks ago. What are we expecting in this game? Zach Levine went crazy in that first game. He had 38 points, six assists, five rebounds. But the Lakers did enough to dig deep and get a win. This Bulls team could be can be problematic because they are very young. They're very, you know they play fast. They play at a high pace, uh, energetic, young legs, all that stuff against a Lakers team that isn't really in that mode and probably isn't going to be in that mode for quite some time. So are we expecting kind of a similar thing or do we think the Lakers maybe learned a lesson last time flirting with disaster and, and come out a little more focused in this game? So I am a little bit optimistic that it won't be quite as uh, much of a nerve wracking game as the other one was um, partially because the bulls are coming off a of back to back. They just played the Hornets tonight. Um, Got to win. Uh, the Bulls are definitely not the same Chicago Bulls as last year. Their roster isn't very different, really. It's basically the same the same core of players coming back. But, but uh, Billy Donovan over Jim Boylan turns out is a pretty big coaching upgrade. Who would have thought? Weird. Uh, so they're hovering right about 500. I would expect them to kind of be hovering around 500 all year. That seems to be about the level of this team. Um, Zach Levine right now is having an all-star level season. I've never been a big Zach Levine guy, but... I mean, credit where credit's due. He is having a, a great year offensively. Um, and they have a lot of other weapons. Like you said, they got a lot of guys who uh, can go off on any night. We saw that the other uh, game against the Lakers. Levine obviously had a great game, but Kobe White was also killing them. Um, 
and you know they're tough they play a lot of good team stuff that that same trip where they played the lakers that close they also played the clippers really close almost got to win against them as well yep. um so this, it's definitely not a team that you can take super lightly um i would expect the lakers to be a little bit better but again that's kind of what we expected against the warriors and then they slept walk through it uh, most of the game and, and gave up a big lead because again they did not care enough um hopefully that this is however a game that that they can uh, build off of this pretty big, like sort of, I don't want to say a momentum win because it's not like they were struggling and needed a win to, to really get their season together, but th- it's a big win against the Bucks. It's one of those like statement wins uh, is maybe a better phrase for it. And I would love to see them kind of build off of it um, and maybe get a big blowout win against the Bulls. But I just, I can't really expect that both because of the way the Lakers have played against worse competition and because of, how tough the Bulls have been against good teams. Yeah, with this Lakers team, you just never really know which effort level you're going to get. It almost feels like it's almost, I don't want to say all or nothing, but it kind of feels that way because even the nothing games, most of the times they'll at least crank it up for a quarter. They'll put on a big run and and do what they have to do. But one thing too with the the first Chicago game was Contavious Caldwell-Pope did not play in that game because he got, uh, I think, the ankle injury against the Spurs um, the game before that. So that is a, that is kind of a big thing, although you know KCP has had games where he doesn't score a ton because he just doesn't get shot attempts or whatever. That is, you're, you're missing one of your starters, and like we said, a guy that can be that third-best player behind LeBron mm-hmm. and AD. So that is, a, that is a big loss. So hopefully you know, having him will help things kind of fall into place a little more, a little more naturally, and the team will come out and – and execute well offensively. They'll have more space to operate, stuff like that. So having him back will be very, very nice. But like you said, Hani, the the Bulls have a lot of young guys that, that play hard, they play fast. Uh, they've got guys that can shoot. Obviously, as a North Carolina fan, I know what Kobe White's capable of. He was a one-and-done guy at, at North Carolina and one of the most impressive freshmen that I think I've seen Um you know, I guess not only just for, for North Carolina, but just in college basketball in general, because I did not expect him to be as good as he was then. Um, I'm happy to see that he still has that a lot of that shot-making ability at the NBA level and is, has uh, transferred over. Hopefully, he takes the game off, though, and, and does not make a lot of, a lot of shots. <laughs> but he is very capable of that. Uh, Wendell Carter is having a pretty good year as well. Um, and they've got, you know, some, some of these other guys. They do have some some experience on this team, some guys that have been around Thaddeus Young, Garrett Temple. Um, and even some of these young guys have been in the league for a few years now. So they're not a team to be taken lightly, even though they are kind of rebuilding. Um, like you said, honey, that the coaching is night and day from what we saw with them a year ago. And that plays, yeah. it plays a big difference. So this game, I'm expecting a, a competitive game. Uh, I'm not going to go and say the Lakers are going to lose this game, but I think that they're going to have to fight hard for this for this win because this is a Bulls team that doesn't really know any better. I think when you get that with younger teams, they it feels like they either maybe they they lack confidence if they they lose enough games, or they just don't know any better. And that seemed to be the case with like the Lakers in like 2017. Right, whenever they'd go up against the Warriors, <laughs> they, they, they wouldn't know any better. So they would usually play fairly well. I could see, I could see that with this Bulls team too. They compete, man. I, I give them a lot of credit. I don't know where they're going to finish this year, record-wise, um, but they they compete. They compete. And Zach Levine, 
you know, is a guy that can can have his ups and downs, but his his peaks are are very uh, very good. So um, it'll be a really interesting game for sure, especially given that they're playing each other pretty close together. You know, and not a not a large gap in between games that they that they saw each other. So um, I'm gonna go ahead and say the Lakers win this game, but it's gonna be closer than people want. Yeah, that seems pretty fair to me. <clears throat> All right, so <clears throat> that's our thoughts on Chicago. Hopefully the Lakers can get it done and keep their uh, undefeated road record uh, going. That would be pretty sweet if they uh, somehow finished the, <laughs> the season undefeated on the road. That would be, that'd be amazing. But, I mean, hey, they're what, 8-0 now on the road? Although, according to the one site you quoted earlier, they were 40-0 on the road already, which is impressive. Yeah, I don't – that was – so I was daydreaming at work. I'm like, hmm, I wonder what the best start to a uh, NBA season on the road is. I typed that in on old StatMuse. And they're like, the Lakers are 40-0 on the road, which is really impressive considering they played eight games on the road. Um, and then I like scrolled down to see like the other teams, and all of them were weird. They're like, oh, they played 40 games on the road, and they won 177 of them. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I will look into that to see what the actual best record on the road is. I think it was LeBron's – oh, no, that was home. That was home games. I remember LeBron's mm-hmm. Cavs, I think, in, like, 09, had, like, one or two losses, and one of them was the, the Lakers. Yeah. But that was home. I, I, don't, I, I don't know what road is. I was just thinking of the Spurs had a crazy year, too, but I think that was also home games. Where I think they might have only lost one. Yeah, we don't acknowledge them anyways. So, um, yeah, all right. <clears throat> Last segment that we're going to do is which opposing role player is going to light up the Lakers and have – probably a career night or at least a night that is far above their average night. Hani, I let you pick first last time. I'll do it again this time because it's Friday and I'm just being really nice today. I'm this sure is you, a generous one now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have a Bulls role player and you can't say Zach Levine. That's that's the one player that's off limits. I know the, the Bulls are rebuilding and they don't have any like superstars, but Levine is better than a role player, so you can cannot say him, but anybody else is fair game. All right, so last game I went with Kelly Oubre because he had been shooting 19% from three, and I was oh, like, you're going to We all know why you went with Oubre, and it was it has nothing to do with basketball. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, <laughs> This time, I'm going the opposite way on the basketball aspects. I am not calling this person ugly. Um, but Otto Porter is kind of quietly having a pretty good year after like not playing for 16 years, it feels like. Um, and he is averaging about 13 points a game, shooting 42% from three. Uh, I could definitely see him going off both from three. And I think he's he's a really good cutter. And the Lakers have not been especially great at containing cutters, especially since they're Rim protection hasn't been quite as good as last year um, as well. So I, I'm going with Otto Porter. I think he can have a 20-plus point night against these Lakers. So as a North Carolina fan, I have to say it's going to be Kobe White. I can't pick against my boy, one of my favorite Tar Heels ever. It, mainly because, well, one, I'm extremely biased. But two – when he is hitting shots, like he, he can make difficult shots. 
like contested yeah. shots, as the Lakers saw. I mean, he's going to go on stretches where he probably takes some bad shots and misses some bad shots. But Kobe White is a very good shot maker um, and can get red hot um, with, with his jump shot. And so I'm going to pick Kobe White just because, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of his. But uh, he also just has that ability, man. He has that ability that he can he can get red hot and he can go off for 30-plus for points. He's had, I think, a couple 30-point games already with the Bulls. And, you know, this is just this, the start of his second season. So he is definitely capable of that, and I would not be – he's he, that's the type of player that – just seems to go off against the Lakers, like a guy that can hit shots. I was talking to uh, Justin Russo the other day about Patty Mills and how Patty Mills just lights up the L.A. teams every time they play, which Patty Mills is a good player, but it just feels like whenever I watch him play against, like, the Jazz or something, like he's just not (laughs) the same player that we see against, like, the Lakers. So I I can see that a a little bit of that effect with with Kobe White and – to me, he's going to be that guy that probably has 20-plus points, that role player. Upset of the century is you not picking Chandler Hutchison? I think he's hurt right now. By the way, <laughs> while, we're on the, while we're on the subject, um, Hani, I do have a question for you. Who is number one in the Mountain West men's basketball standings right now? Ooh, good question. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with the Wyoming Cowboys. Let me just <laughs> let me just stretch a little bit here. Don't mind. All right, we get it. We get it. You work out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Just saying. I mean, we just had today's game uh, postponed due to COVID, but Boise State only Things one only one loss this year, and it was I think it was I think they're number seven right now to Houston. So, resume is looking good, looking strong. So, I'm just disappointed that the first, (laughs) the first, like, really good Boise State basketball team in a while, fans are not allowed to (laughs) go watch them. (laughs) That's incredible. Of course. Uh, Of course. The only reason you've only lost one game, first of all, is because you haven't played the Wolfpack yet. Uh, (laughs) Second of all, I, I genuinely I have not watched any college basketball this year, so I don't even know how good Nevada's team is. Yeah, man. I know we played. They're solid. Uh, San Diego, we, we lost to San Diego State twice, but played them like I think it was like by five points total or something like that. So pain, pain. Yeah, pain. Can't lose San Diego State of all teams, but oh, like that's we never win. We're the when it comes to San Diego State, I think me and you are the Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and Carl Weathers. <laughs> meme <laughs> we come together we put aside our differences and come together to beat San Diego, San Diego State I'm so tired of losing to those even like the great Nevada teams of the last few years never won at at San Diego State never it's it was rough <laughs> <laughs> one day one day they'll be like bottom of the conference and me and you will just we'll, we'll cheers to that and we'll have victory cigars and everything so I, I live here now so I you know next time maybe I'll go and, and uh Watch him play. You'll be the one Nevada fan just in the crowd. Just, woo! <laughs> this, is now, reason. this is now Mountain West Outsiders. So, <laughs> welcome to the college basketball portion of the, the show. <laughs> Did the stream numbers just go down by 90% while we're riffing on somehow, Mountain West basketball? Somehow we now have negative viewers. Weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Hani takes Otto Porter. 
I've got Kobe White. That means, since we were both right last time, that it's going to be somebody totally random, like, I don't know, off the top of my head. It'll probably be like Thaddeus Young. Thaddeus Young will just go off for like 28 points and all of a sudden just go absolutely crazy. Or it'll be Daniel Gafford or I don't even know. It'll just be somebody, that's for sure. Because we're not going to have two games in a row where a role player doesn't just absolutely crush the Lakers. It's it's going to happen. So, um, yeah, that's all I got. Honey, you got anything else before we sign off? Um, no, not really. Uh, just, you know, the, the regular plugging of going and clicking on our things on the internet because they sustain us. There's a lot of good stuff on the site, and we, we're going to have more this weekend. So Our things, um, not just any things. Don't just be clicking any things on the internet. Yeah, yeah don't, don't go click on them. The silver screen and roll doesn't need your clicks. Uh, the Lakers Nation doesn't need your clicks. We need your clicks. <laughs> Give us your clicks. No Celtic sites either. They don't need your clicks. I mean... Unless you're going to troll them, then that's okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll allow it. If you're leaving comments polite, but troll. Yeah. <laughs> What, what he said. <laughs> Speaking of clicking things, <laughs> one last plug. As always, guys, <laughs> we do these live on twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders. And, of course, if you want to support the site and everybody that spends a lot of time, energy, and effort uh, basically in their free time uh, to put out content and just do all this stuff, giving people content about the Lakers and, and, and everything. Uh, you can subscribe to us on Twitch. I believe it is $5.99 per month. So super cheap. And it goes directly towards making the site better, giving you guys more content um, and, and rewarding those guys, those guys and girls that are, are putting together some great work and, and working really, really hard for it. Uh, like I said, in their free time. So um, if you want to support us, you can do that. And if you want to give less than that, you can do that by subscribing to the Patreon as well. There's no, um, we don't have like, um, I don't remember what the word for it is, but we don't have tiers on the Patreon. You can give whatever amount that you would like monthly, and we would appreciate any amount. Yeah, so, anything thanks. helps. Anything helps. So if you want to support us, you can do that. You can also just follow us on Twitch. Um, you can subscribe to us on YouTube. You can like and follow us on Facebook as well. Those are the three platforms. We'll be doing these live. And then after the fact, it'll be up on any podcast platform that you can think of. And like I said at the start, now up on Pandora as well. So if that's where you try to get some of your podcasts, you can find us there as well. And um, yeah, you can follow Honey on Twitter, just at H-O-N-I-A-H-M. You can follow me at Gary Kester, or you can follow my personal Twitch account, uh, just SwishGK, uh, twitch.tv slash SwishGK. If you're watching this, it should be up on the screen uh, with the under the latest subscriber. Uh, I'll talk about Lakers basketball, Mountain West basketball, potatoes, football, whatever. You can join me, uh, and I'll have some fun, um, on that channel as well. So we're going to get out of here. Uh, I'm going to try and pod after the game on Saturday against the Bulls. Hopefully we'll be talking about another Lakers win. If not, you can come vent with us and it'll be a good time either way. So Let's get out of here. Thank you guys so much for, for listening and joining us in the chat. Didn't really have many uh, questions, so we'll save that for another time. But um, with Hani Amadian, I am Gary Kester with the Lakers Outsiders, signing off. Shout out to my handsome podcast host, Gary Kester. <laughs>